Hey guys, Darren here. This is the Supernaturalist podcast show. This show exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that that's why you're listening, that it's your desire to see God's kingdom come, his will be done, manifesting through your daily contribution. It's such an honor to have you guys listening. Well, Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve. Super excited about this podcast. This is audio captured from a session I did for our School of the Spirit. And uh, in this particular session, I speak on um, changing states through our breath and spoken word. It's all on um, uh, the nature of the prophetic and really having alignment between our heart and our word choice um, and the whole idea that our role um, as sons, as covenant sons on the earth, is to manifest the intent of the Father by speaking his will onto the earth. So it's prophetic creation. It's this whole place of changing states internally and externally um, through our words. I think you guys are really going to dig it. But before we dive into this content, just want to take a quick second um, to remind you to check out um, our new resource. It's an interactive online collaborative community. We're diving into the book of James. It's a study that we're calling from victim to victorious. We're hosting this group. It's a closed Facebook group where we're going to be um, featuring 12 high definition videos where I'll be diving into the book of James. Um, it's expository teaching. It's chapter by chapter, verse by verse. It's 12 weeks. It's 12 videos. And this is the, the fun part. It's 60, that's right, 60 um, devotionals that are sent to your email Monday through Friday. You get one email each morning. Um, I'm doing a bunch of those, but a bunch of my friends are uh, are joining in. We got Greg Daly, um, Francisco Abrola, <laughs> butchered his last name, sorry. Francisco, love you, buddy. Uh, Robert Hodgkin, um, Ivan Roman. Um, we got uh, Elizabeth Cooper. We got John Crowder. Um, it's gonna be amazing. Each devotional, we dive into um, somewhere between one to four verses out of the book of James. It's less than 500 words. You're, you're going to be able to, to do this each day. You're going to be able to do it quickly and efficiently. It's going to get you into the word of God and you're going to grow. So to subscribe to this, just go to my website, just darrenstott.com. Click on resources and then you'll see at the top from victim to victorious. If you enroll before uh, December 31st, you save 40% off. So instead of $49.99, it's $29.99. That's 10 bucks a month. That's 30 bucks. So go and enroll now before the end of the year um, and uh, get ready because this is going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this and working on this for a long time. And finally, we're at that point where we're going to pull the trigger on it. Again, it's from victim to victorious, darrenstott.com. Click on resources. Without any further ado, let's dive into this content where we're talking about changing states right here, right now on the Supernaturalist podcast show. Let's go. Connecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. <laughs> Even created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> there is more. He said, what? And I, okay, and I think if, if, if we were to kind of put like kind of a, 
a nice banner over tonight, and, and it's not necessarily pro, uh, prophecy, but it's this idea of changing states. Um, that we can, we can change states internally here, that we can absolutely radically uh, change the way that we're thinking and processing. And not only that, but we can actually change the state and environment of the office that you're working in. You can change in state, even the, the, the neural chemistry within your children uh, that you're parenting or grandparenting. Um, and, that, and that this changing states all happens prophetically when we realize the significance of the anointing on our breath and our words. And it comes essentially down, seated within our heart. Because oftentimes we think that prophecy is all about the right words. We're getting the right words from God. But, um, but I really believe that, that there has to be unity between our word choice. Um, I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. Our word choice, yeah, that's good. But also that, it's, that, it, that our word choice is in alignment with our hearts. And so I'm going to come back around to that here in a second. But Ezekiel 37 is really interesting. It says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down there in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there, was, there were very uh, many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, how can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said, which basically means I don't have a clue. That's what that means. Verse 4, he said, and then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Isn't it interesting that God is speaking, so that's prophetic. But then he says, I need you to prophesy, which is really interesting. God's commanding him to prophesy. And we've all read this before, but I'm hoping that there's going to be some stuff that we're going to be able to kind of pull out of this that, that'll kind of make you say, oh, wow, yeah, that is there. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling you can basically take like a rattlesnake and times that by thousands. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were snoos on them, and flesh had come upon them, and the skin had covered them, but they were still dead. Isn't that fascinating? So like, there's just a valley of dry bones, and God says, do you think these things can live? And Ezekiel's like, ah, beats me. And God's like, well, try this out. I want you to prophesy to them. And so he does. And he, he prophesies. And he's very specific in what he declares. And what he declares takes place. But after he's done declaring, you got all these dead bodies laying around. Isn't that interesting? I, I think it's interesting. There's no breath in them. Breath is really important. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot to breath. I think we need to, be, we need to study breath. Um, we need to realize the significance of our breath. That's a, we'll do that in another day. Verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy. That's the Hebrew word, naba. It means to speak or sing a thing. Um, there's a lot of naba prophets who, are, uh, shape, who, who have shaped generations that the church uh, just now is seeing the, the prophetic significance of what they declared and how they shaped a generation. But in their generation, it wasn't discerned. So I don't think anyone doubts the prophetic significance of the Beatles. 
their involvement in the local church, you know, how that didn't go, how that they weren't accepted in the local church, that, you know, they went out and, um, you know, and began to shape a generation, right? Um, and you could say on the redemptive side of that, you could take you too and look at a guy like Bono who does love Jesus and has helped shape a generation with love, compassion, justice issues, loves Jesus. So there's a, there's a redemptive side of that as well. But would you say that Bono is a prophet? Yes, I would. So he says, speak or sing to the bones, to the breath. And I don't have to, you don't have to say Bono is. This is, the opinions of this broadcast may not be shared by the, you know. Um, <laughs> this is what he said, Naba, Naba it. See all that, see all those, see all those, uh, all that death, all that dryness, see all that chaos, all that, all that just stuff that makes no sense. It's just really good for nothing. Naba it. Change the state of it. And how do you change the state of it? Be very, very specific. Be specific with your declaration, with your speech. Speak over it. And then it, and then the state, the condition changed radically. And yet it didn't come into completion. Naba it again, right? And Naba what this time? Naba the breath. That's what it says in verse 9. Speak to the breath. Son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. He's giving him permission um, to speak as though it was his voice. He says, um, when you Naba it, um, manifest my intent on the earth by speaking because what needs to take place within this state that needs conditioning, changing, or redeeming, what needs to take place can only have, take place through your breath, through your sound. So speak, and when you speak, speak from my name, speak from my authority. I've given you my intent, but it will not come to pass unless you speak it, unless you can manifest what I want to do here. And as, I'm, as we're reading this, I want you to visualize the dry bones that are before you tonight. I want you to visualize the valley of chaos that you are standing in front of. I want for you to visualize the, 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 the infinite display of what just seems like godlessness or, or, or whatever, the, the very conditions and things that you can't control. And I want you to pretend that you're on the mountaintop looking over the valley and you're not alone. God's there. And, he, and he's telling you, I want you to naba that. <laughs> I want you to speak to, uh, the, I want you to command uh, 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 the future into the present by speaking or singing. Uh Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus, I just love it, God just tells him, he just tells him the directions, repeat after me is what God says. Isn't this, so, isn't this just beautiful? Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, and he commanded, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say. It wouldn't say. Say, say. 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 Naba 
okay, and this word say are two different words. He says, therefore, prophesy and say. Two different things. This word say is the Hebrew word amara, okay, amara. It means to challenge, to charge, not just declare, but demand. This is what he says. This time, I want you not only to prophesy, but, but prophesy and hold the conditions accountable with your authority in Christ. You're not just going to speak with the hope that the state will change. You're going to speak with, with you're going to speak from that place of, of demanding from a place of governing authority that it has no voice in the matter. This, this is what we, what we see here. So many times we speak a thing, we declare a thing, but it's coming from a place of we're crossing our fingers behind our back saying, I hope so. Does this stuff really work? Because this time I want you to prophesy and challenge. Challenge the conditions. Lean in with your authority. I think that's really interesting. And say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I open your graves and raise you from the graves, uh, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, and then you shall know that I am the Lord, that I have spoken, that I will do it, declares the Lord. When, I, when, it, when it comes to um, uh, uh, prophesying, I, I, it begun, begins with the heart, and this is kind of a disclaimer. This is like the batteries. This is the, the battery part pack is, 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 is the heart. Like if you can speak in the tongue of men and angels, if you can do all this stuff, but you have not, you have not love, then it, then it counts for nothing. It doesn't really matter. So all of this, we, like if we're going to talk about prophesying and, and effective prophecy, this is what this is. This isn't just capturing the attention of a person through an accurate word. This is the kind of thing where nobody even has to hear the word that's being spoken. How many of you believe that the most, the, the, the most redemptive prophetic words that are being spoken are not being spoken in church services and are not being spoken to people? They are intercessors standing on mountains alongside of the Lord, seeing into the future, speaking it into the present, and then God is honoring that prophetic declaration as it's going forward. How many of you can actually believe that a lot of the redemptive stuff that we're seeing on the earth is not accidental, but it has been prayed, it has been declared into a place of being through partnership, yeah? And so, um, uh, everyone just say partner. This is the first place. That when we declare a thing, we're not in isolation, hoping that our declaration makes it up into the heavens, hoping that the, the, the judge will hear it in a courtroom and rule it. In our, no, no, no. We are standing with the Lord. We are in union with him. Right? Um, where there's unity, God commands a blessing. So we have to make sure that there's union between our heart and his heart, that, that our heart is in union with his heart. His heart is in union with our heart. At any place of dissonance, anger, rejection, rebellion, in, um, that, that needy thing in us sometimes that needs attention, yeah? Just me? All right. You know, that we are holding ourselves accountable in that place as prophets, as forget prophets, as sons. What's, what's one step up from a prophet? A son. 
Yeah, as sons and prophets. I'll just use the word prophets. If it makes you uncomfortable, that's why I'll use it. Uh, so as prophets on the earth, that, that there's union and unity. There's, and that where there's stuff that's out of alignment with our own heart. Areas where we're still getting triggered. Areas where we're, where we're still just kind of like, ah, that we're holding ourselves accountable. And we're rendering that stuff out, right? That we're confessing our sin one to another. Like when you're finding stuff in your own heart, that's sometimes when you think confessing sin one to another, that means like, you know, had like um, five too many beers last night and now I need to tell all my buddies about like no like what I'm not, I'm not talking about all the crazy stuff that you think of confessing sin it's paying attention to the, what's happening in your heart the, your, the love posture in your heart are you falling more and more in love with people? Are you trying to get away from people? <laughs> you know, are you are you finding this new compassion for this thing called the bride of Christ? Or are you or are you kind of like I'm just done with all of that? You know, and that you that we're holding ourselves because I'm telling you the um, the condition of our heart absolutely matters because without unity God will not command a blessing. So first of all, there has to be union between our heart and the heart of the Father. And from that place of union, from that place of unity with the Father, God commands a blessing, and you and 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 I believe that we need to have, be walking in. Um, I don't think we're going to see unity in the church as, as the body of Christ until we actually have um, unity in our own body, soul, and spirit with this with the Spirit of Christ. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna act unity. We're going to perform unity. We're going to do event unity. Have you ever been to event unity? We had so much unity. What happened? The event ended. <laughs> and the next Sunday, we all went back to our own churches. But it was three days of worship in the park. You know, I don't know. Well, you know, event unity. So, we, so a lot of us are going after, we like, the body is so divided. It's because our bodies are so divided. We, we, we've got to come into a revelation of union with the Father, with the, with the, with the heart of the Father and our hearts. And as we do, um, there's going to be such a place of peace and such a place of shalom that, the, that, that everything you do will be a prophetic drama. Everything you say will be a prophetic word. And we'll come into that place where we can tell people, you see me? You've seen him. Did you hear that? You've heard the Father. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Because the idea is that we're Christians. <laughs> Which means like that we talk the way Jesus talked. And that we do what Jesus did. Because the apostles were accused of being Christ clones. These days, they would call us Christ clones. But they didn't have that terminology back then. So they called them Christ copycats, Christians. It was a derogatory, it was a mean thing. Why do they call you that? Because I talk like Jesus. Like the stuff Jesus did, I did. Get up and walk. And then walk. Open your eyes and the eyes see. Yeah, everything that was spoken, a prophetic word. Everything that was done, a prophetic drama. What is it? It's partnership. Everyone just say partner. We are partners with God. We are, as C.S. Lewis would say, co-creators. That the original creator took, 
nothingness and brought matter into existence. And now we take the existing matter and reshape it and redeem it and restore it and turn it into art and beauty and buildings and, and schools. And, and we begin teaching and we, be, we begin bringing revelation and we begin, no matter what you're doing from a stay-at-home mom, you're prophesying, you're declaring, you're taking existing thought, existing ideas from numbers and, 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 and imagery and poetry and you're rearranging it and you're creating something. Why? To reveal Jesus, to reveal the glory, to reveal the king. Right now, you've got all this prophetic synergy in the culture. What we don't have is the church revealing the Christ. You have the church revealing the church. I'm, and I can talk this way because I'm a pastor. <laughs> So it's about partnering. It's about partnering outside of this place. And it's about learning to give thanks for the very value you've been grumbling about for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Or maybe you haven't been grumbling. But it's learning that those things that have been so, so, so hard, these are the opportunities to begin co-creating, partnering with God. And he'll tell you. He'll give you the words. But number two, it's finish what you start. Prophetically, you little prophets, you little sons, um, prophetically, we've got to finish what we start. The reason, why, um, uh, the reason why we have a lot of valleys with dead bodies, but they never got their breath, was because we prophesied to the bones. The bones came together, but then we got discouraged because they were dead. The, 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 okay, so here's the model that I see in Ezekiel. Prophesy, then prophesy again, then prophesy again. This is what the Lord said. Now say this after me. Good. Now say this after me. Good. Now say this after me. Good. Just because we declare a thing doesn't mean that we're done, that we're done with the thing. We declare a thing, we declare it again, we declare it again, and then we hear from the Lord, we get the new intel, we declare a thing. And I think that there is this place where we begin declaring daily what the Lord has downloaded into our hearts, and so our prayer does not change, our declaration is, does not change until the bones have come together. Our song does not change. Our song does not change. Our song does not change till no longer is there bones, there's now bodies. And then the song changes, and now the song changes from bones to breath. And now we're singing to the breath. We're singing to the breath. We're no longer singing to the bones. You got to know when to transition from the bones to the breath. Because sometimes we get so addicted to the first song, the bones, the bones, the bones, that the bones have assembled and we should be speaking to the breath, but we're not speaking to the breath. We're still speaking to the old thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's the breath and then there's the army. But what does the army need? Identity. It needs your leadership. So we don't get to disappear when the army appears. The army is here. I get to disappear. No, the Lord says the army is here. Now prophesy to the army. The army is here because of your influence. The army is here because you took responsibility. The army is here because you partnered with the Lord. The army is here, so don't disappear. 
The army is here because of you. Now speak and sing. Sing identity. Sing the future over them. Sing, sing, sing. Speak, speak, speak. We partner and then we've got to finish what we start. And for some of us, we've got to go back to those places of hope deferred saying, God, you didn't, you did, you, God, you did it. And the Lord's saying, you didn't finish it. You quit singing. I didn't tell you to quit singing. You quit speaking to it. And of course, the Lord's not being mean. Like, you know, <laughs> the Lord's not a meanie. He's so awesome. He's so funny. He's so great. You know, he knows the end of the story. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, but the third thing is that we create, that we begin creating, and that every day we begin creating. Creating how? Creating by speaking. And know that every time you speak, you are creating. Let there be. And there, I was on the plane uh, coming back uh, or going uh, to Atlanta this last week. And, uh, and you guys know this about me, but I'm an introvert. Or maybe you don't know this. I'm, a, I'm an outgoing introvert. So when I'm, w- when I'm with you, I'm outgoing. When I'm not with you, I would just rather be with me. <laughs> you know, I recharge when I'm alone. And, um, so, and, and, and I don't like plain conversations. I don't. I'm not Todd White. God just loves you. No, like when I'm on the plane, I'm like, God just loves me. I got my headphones on. Just leave me alone, right? So I'm in my chair, and I'm just, I'm watching a movie. I'm like, it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm crying in this movie. I've seen the movie before, but, oh, this movie was like, oh, I was like, this movie. You know, you guys don't want to know. It's... Um, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, it's called The Revenant with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, oh my gosh, wow. I was like, oh my gosh. All right, not about that. So when we're landing, you know how it is. You know, when you land, that's the appropriate time to have a conversation with somebody, if you didn't know. So we're, we're, about, to, we're about to land. Please put your seat backs up. And this gal sitting to my left, she says to me, oh, are you, you know, the, the question, you know, are you coming here on business or do you live here? Are you coming home or going to work, right? I said, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm here on business. <laughs> it's a leadership conference. I just, I'm just here on business. Oh, great. What do you do? <sighs> I said, I'm a pastor. And she bust out laughing. She just started laughing and laughing and laughing. <laughs> I'm like, what's so funny? And she tried to explain it. It wasn't funny to me. I was like, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you, you know. So I said, you go to church? She goes, yeah, I go to temple. Oh, what kind of temple? She goes, well, I'm a Hindu. I said, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm on the board at the Hindu temple. I don't know why she thinks it's so funny that she's sitting next to me. I said, what do you, you know, so it's this huge temple. She's in charge of fundraising for, the, for their whole, they have thousands of people that go to temple here at this, at this Hindu church. And so I, I, I just honor her, and we just get talking, and, she, and, and I'm like, and I'm, all of a sudden, I'm really getting blessed by her. Like, there's just all this, like, this incredible conversation kind of comes out. And then I just decided to prophesy over her. So I did. I just started prophesying over her. I started telling her about a bunch of stuff that's coming up. <laughs> and she starts weeping, and, and, uh, and it was awesome. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> you know, I don't know. But this is what I know, that a, that a future, a new future started to be created through my words. It's not that I was foretelling like a, a, a future event that was going to happen. I was creating an alternate future by speaking with redemptive and restorative words. <laughs> yeah. 
Because, okay, so because heaven is inside of you, because re redemption and restoration is inside of you, you've got a worldview for redemption and restoration, which means that you can't tolerate fracturedness or injustice. Fracturedness and injustice should trigger you. This ain't right. Somebody's got to do something. I guess I'm the only one here. I'm going to have to speak into it. I don't have a prophetic word, so I'm just going to release hope. I don't have a prophetic word. God, what are you saying? He's like, I'm not going to tell you because it's already in you. You've already got the worldview. You've already got my word that's been planted. You don't need a word from me right now. My word has been written on your heart that everything you need is in you. Now you need to speak like a son. You need to speak like a governor. This is what I know. Like, like when you're in places of government, when you're in places of leadership, you know, and all of a sudden there, there, there's a point to lead. When your heart is in union with, with the creator and you begin speaking in that place of alignment and union, you are now prophesying. I believe that every sermon I preach is a prophetic word. I told uh, Anthony, because you know, I've been mentoring him with speaking in different kinds of things. And I said, um, when you speak, you are the prophet at the pulpit at that time. And you are not giving something off of your notes. You're bringing a message from the heart of God. And it could save lives that week. You are going to say things that people are starving for. They're starving for the word. They're starving for the word of God. And you've got to give the Logos breath. You've got to manifest it. You've got to actualize it. So when you preach, you're not just preaching, you're prophesying. And this is what I would say to you as well. When you speak, you're not just speaking, you're creating, you're establishing something. You little prophet. You Number four. So what's in your words? When you speak, anytime you speak, anytime you sing, what, what's in that? When you're just talking, when you're just talking about how good the Revenant movie is, and, and I'm not telling you to see it, it's, it's brutal. That movie's, like, it's old times, right? So there's like, there's Indians in, in, and like uh, um, guys pel getting pelts and it's, you know, there's arrows going through heads, okay? So if you don't have the stomach for that, don't, what's that? It's kind of, okay, it's a boy movie. Unless you're a girl that's into boy movies, okay? Um, but like, if you're just talking, like I had this incredible conversation with Anthony about that movie. I'm just talking. What's in my breath at that moment? We're not talking about a church service. We're not talking about a scripture verse. What's in my breath? When I'm talking to you right now, you hear my words. What's in my words? You're hearing, you're hearing let's just, just keep it shallow for a second. You're hearing my age. You're hearing someone that's been alive on this planet for 36 years, I think. I have a hard time keeping track. So when you hear my voice, you're actually hearing 36 years. You're hearing my gender, that I'm, that I'm a man, that God has created me to be a man. That there's something important there. That when I speak, the voice of a man speaking, when you speak, the voice of a woman, you've got to honor your age, you've got to honor your gender. Why do you think the enemy is doing everything possible right now to, um, to dishonor gender? There's like 89 different kinds of genders now. On Facebook, when you have to pick your gender, you're like scrolling just to find male. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They put it at the top. But there's still like a lot of, of categories, right? The enemy is doing everything 
to do what? To confuse gender. When you speak, your age is speaking, your gender is speaking, there's things that only a woman can speak into. And there's areas that only a man can speak into. This is your voice. This is the voice that's being fought for right now. Look, look at your age. I'm going to go back to age. Honor age. Why is the enemy doing everything he can to dishonor age everywhere? To dishonor age. It's a Western thing, right? You don't see that in the, in the Eastern countries, not at all. Um, we've, honor your age, that there's something about the, the experience, what you've lived, what you've seen, what you've learned. It goes back to your voice. There's certain things that only you can speak into because of your age. It's your expectation and intent. That anytime somebody speaks, there's an expectation there. There's intent. There's motive. That whenever you speak, there's intent there. There can be the intent of God. Or there can be selfish intent. That's why it goes back to the heart. Father, create in me a clean heart. Reveal all the hidden things that I don't even know are there. When I minister, I want to minister from the place of your intent so that as I give, I'm not expecting anything in return. Father, remove all uh, manipulative, selfish means that would like to motivate ministry. Yeah? That when you speak, and this is incredible, when you realize that when somebody's speaking to you, there's intent there, and now you begin discerning the intent. Because for a long time, we have discerned the prophetic by only the words. And if the words were accurate, we say it was a, a true prophet. If the words weren't accurate, then it was a false prophet. But it's not even listening to the words. It's listening to the intent of the Father. Because you can have the right words and the wrong intent. You can have two prophets say the exact same words. One be a true prophet. And one be a false prophet. Why? Because of the heart. Yeah? It's the sum of all life's experiences. That when you hear me speak, you hear in my voice, without even realizing it subconsciously, the pain in my past. You hear the victories in my present. That when you hear someone's voice, in their voice, in their words, is embedded Every tear they've ever cried. Um, every betrayal they've ever walked through. Every little form of abandonment, it's in their voice. Why is it that when you hear a song on the radio and you begin weeping before you even know what they're saying? Because it's the voice. You're, you're experiencing not even what they're saying or what they're singing. You're experiencing that resonance of soul that I don't know what they've been through, but I've been through something similar and it's too close to home. I have to turn it off before I just completely lose it. It's the sum of all life's experiences. It's your high points. It's your low points. It's your fear. That how many of you have ever heard somebody's voice and without even, know, uh, without even listening to their word choice, you could tell that they were terrified? How many of you have ever heard someone's voice and it was full of courage and just hearing their voice? Maybe it was your dad. Just hearing your dad's voice, you knew everything was going to be okay. For me, it was my dad snoring. I would have these horrible dreams at night, and then I would wake up, and I would hear my dad's voice through the... 
Let me tell you something. There was more authority in my dad's snore than anything in, the, in the, our house would resonate with the snore of my dad. And because I heard my dad snoring, I knew everything was okay. Why is it before every major battle scene in any movie, the leader gets on his horse and goes before his terrified troop, before the terrified band and brothers, and begins to declare the obvious. We are outnumbered. We are outweaponed. We are outfinanced. Uh, we are out anything. And sure, today we might die, but it doesn't matter. It's worth it. And, and, and they give this speech. And what is it? It's not the words. It's the courage that's in their heart. And it resonates within everybody and they went from being terrified to saying let's go and die for our country and then what do they do they win because courage is contagious it's the football it's the football team it's the basketball team it's it's halftime it's they are losing the coach comes into the locker room and says what's wrong with you guys and then all of a sudden uh, uh, tears them down and then builds them up and tells them what their souls need to hear they've been playing terribly horribly haven't been playing like a team but there's an adjustment in the soul because of the leader because of the coach and then the team goes back out they play like a team and they win it's every movie it's leadership it's the what is it it's the voice it's always the voice if the coach comes in and doesn't say a word and looks at them and leaves they just lost the game it's that place of that I am, I am frustrated, I am angry, I don't have the right words right now, I want to leave the house right now, I feel like less of a man, I feel like less of a woman, I can't deal with this, I've dealt with this in the past, I can't do this again, and it's the choice to, 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 to leave, to walk away, to just to disappear, or it's that place where you will say, I will find a word and I will let my voice be heard because I know there's a authority in my voice with your child I don't know what to say my own past is coming up and shaming me my child needs to hear from me I don't feel like a general I don't feel like a saint but I will make time I'll create time my child needs to hear my voice It's your fear, it's your courage, it's your union with Christ that when you hear, um, when you speak, it's not just what you're saying, it's not just what you're singing, your union and unity with Christ is being heard, that when you're at work and you're talking about things that seem menial, that seem corporate, it, th those aren't corporate words, every word, every whisper, every breath, every command, every directive, every everything that you're speaking, it's coded with union with Christ, this place of Christ is your foundation it's this place that Christ is your redemption and as you speak from that place of union with Christ you know that it's that that you're talking about code you're talking about how the lunch menus should be different because they should not be serving corn dogs in the lunchroom anymore and it, it, it's 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 all about the corn dogs it's not about the corn dogs at all it's that you're there you're speaking you got intent you're partnering with the father and you know that atmospheres are being created because you're there you're speaking you're prophesying because that corn dog situation is your temporary valley of bones and you're about to introduce some organic grass-fed beef corn dogs all right the point is this the prophetic is not about your word choice 
It's about your heart being in union with the Father's heart and actually believing, actually believing um, how powerful our words are and that the world is starving for our words. The barista at Starbucks is starving for a word from God and she's probably not reading her Bible. That that you know that your um, that your gay uh, hairdresser is starving uh, for a word from God, and he's probably not reading Leviticus. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that your children, that your spouse, that people are are thirsty, are so incredibly thirsty, but they're probably not reading the Bible. And guess what? You are going to be the living word of God in that environment. You are going to be that book of John where they get to, they, they're not hearing you say, for God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son that if you would believe, you would not, you're not even saying that, but as you're speaking, that same anointing that's on John 3.16 is coming off every word and hope is coming and love is coming and faith is coming and healing is coming. I was in a conversation just yesterday and I sat back and it was not a churchy conversation at all, but I had the opportunity to integrate somebody else who's in the kingdom and is incredibly prophetic into a city government type situation. So now we have people in city government meeting with um, a pastor and basically a prophet, and we're serving the city without any intent, without like, I'm sorry, no, not without intent, without any agenda for any, anything to get anything back out of it, except for this story I get to tell you tonight. So we're sitting there, and, uh, and, and, I, and I look, and my buddy he goes, he says to this person, he says, let's not talk about this situation. Let's talk about you for a second. Outside of this city, outside of this situation, who are you? And then she just began to talk and talk and talk. And what came out was frustration and frustration and frustration, the political this and that. And then he said, what I hear you saying is, you are a person who enjoys community. You're not just here for the job. You, have a, you were born and raised. And then he begins to read her mail and it gets so close to home for her that she has to pattern interrupt the situation it, 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 because it, it's, you could tell that you know when somebody reads your, and you just feel totally vulnerable you just got read by a complete stranger you've never met before she completely pivoted and said okay let's just she took a deep breath and and I was sitting there in the presence of God completely overwhelmed saying Lord, it's all been for this. The last seven years where I've been like, God, what is this about? It's all been for this. Prophesying. Releasing the heart of God in the most unreligious ways possible. So I think we need to talk more. I think we need to speak more. I think we need to realize that every time we speak, there's a sword coming from our mouth. It's the sword of the Lord. I think we should talk more at church. I don't think that we should be so cheesy with, I got a prophetic word for you. Gosh. Okay. There's a place for that. Like, I got a scripture verse for you. That's awesome. Okay. That's great. You know, but when you don't even know someone and they're like, I, I, you know, I had a weird dream about you. Keep that weird dream to yourself. You know, like, there's just so much, there's just so much stuff, you know? It just like, it makes you cringe. You guys don't even know the stuff I have to deal with. It's so, <laughs> it's so tough. It's so tough being a pastor. Like, uh, the conversation I have to have this Sunday was, oh my gosh, you guys, it's just so, because people don't real. it's, it just sucks sometimes, because people, 
because some because sometimes when there's so much neediness in our hearts we have to we have to do pretend prophecy in order to get a need met or pretend love in order to get a need met or we have to try to do and it's just it's just not you know it's just you know what I'm saying that's why it's just like just getting our hearts healed up so that when we go out it's not about how do I get something how do I get something how do I get approved it's like when we go we're like how do I give something how do agape Agape is love. It's a word for love, and it means to give without expecting anything in return. It means you go to Taco Bell, you order all this food, you drive up to the first window, and then you pay them, and then you go to the second window, and you drive away laughing. That's agape. Yeah, that's agape. Isn't that interesting? And that's not usually how we give. We want the food, darn it. We want that second window experience. And if I don't get my second window experience, I'm going to be angry for the next 20 years because I paid for my food and I didn't get anything in return. Yeah. That's an activation for you guys. Go order a bunch of food, give them the $100 bill, and take off laughing. On that note, let's pray. <laughs> I rambled for a long time. I hope there was good stuff there. I'll just, I'll just, sorry, we didn't get to do a lot of Q&A, but I don't want to keep you up all night. But feel free to like, feel free to message me or whatever, right? Like any sort of question. I love, I love questions and I love all your stuff. So message me. And if there's anything you didn't like, um, you can let me know too. That's okay. Because yeah, that, that stuff inspires me. Just like, wow, okay. All right. Hey, would you just put your hands over your heart? Put one hand on your heart and put one hand on your mouth. Um, Lord, let the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart, be worshipped to you. Let them be sweet to you. Father, we repent. I repent for ministering on a foundation of neediness. Oftentimes even platforms of anger. Platforms of confusion. Father, we turn away from all counterfeit platforms and we say, Lord, we want your love to be our only platform. We want agape love to be our only platform. So that even when we say the wrong things, it would still capture your heart because it came from a right heart. That even when we prophesy inaccurately, it would still be accurate in the spirit because it came from the right place. Because it came from love. Even when we get the timing wrong, it was the right word at the wrong time, in the wrong season. It would be okay because it came from compassion. Lord, I pray that you would make us the best lovers on the earth. Mm. 
Lord, I pray that you would um, bring us the, the right books. Lord, that you'd bring us the right speakers. Lord, you'd bring us to the right YouTube channels. You'd bring us to the right blogs. You'd bring us to the right scripture verses. Lord, that you'd bring us into the right heavenly encounters, Father. That you would that you'd bring us into that right place so that we would be growing and getting more thirsty for, for, uh, for the knowledge and revelation of your love. That it wouldn't just be knowledge and revelation, Lord. That we would have such an impartation. And Lord, that we would be growing exponentially in our love. Lord I pray that every one of us would speak all five love languages we would be fluent in the five love languages so that every person we come uh, into a, 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 a relationship with that they would never feel violated by selfish intent but they would always feel elevated because of the love of the father that brought them up into their potential I thank you that we're all sons here. We're all inheritors. And we can all prophesy. And Lord, I ask even for a greater level of accuracy in the prophetic. I pray for names and dates and zip codes and social security numbers and credit card numbers. Father, I, Lord, I pray for um, vivid, visionary seer encounters. Lord, I, I pray that, oh Lord, that we would see the, the prophetic even in this room. Lord, even tonight, Lord, that there would be an expansion, Lord, and an impartation and an unfolding, Lord, of the, of the prophetic gift. But not so that we can be famous, Lord, but that the king could be revealed on the earth. That the king and his kingdom could be glorified on the earth. That we could be a part of the third great awakening, which is a revealing of the king on the earth. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's the Darren show.com. That's the Darren show. Com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.